This is Many Lamps in the Room, a podcast by and for New City Church in Vienna, Virginia. This week, you'll hear the rest of the talk that Mark and I had about uh, reading the Bible in our series on spiritual disciplines. Before we get to that, however, we always like to start our podcast with a brief discussion about the catechism question from this Sunday's liturgy. This week, the catechism question comes from the New City Catechism, question 15. Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? That we may know the holy nature and will of God, and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts, and thus our need of a Savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our Savior. It's interesting that throughout the rest of the Bible, the law is often treated not so much as a rule book, but as scripture, as a source of wisdom, um, a source of insight, revelation. When you read throughout the Psalms, for example, about how there is delight in the law, and you are exhorted um, to meditate upon the law, it's seen as a place to sit and reflect. So I think it's important to resist the temptation with our kids to treat the Bible as a rule book. And um, whenever there is an instance in the Bible where there's a clear moral command, not to treat it as just, you know, do this, don't do that, but as a moment of reflection, a moment of discussion, uh, a moment to actually pick apart the implications of the law. Um, and the answer to this question actually gives us a ton of guidance as to how to do that, right? That the law helps reveal the nature of God and the nature of our sinfulness and how we fall short as created creatures from the creator. And it also shows us what God loves, what God likes, what he wants us to pay attention to, um, what he values and how he sees the world and how he designed the world. And so instead of just thinking it in terms of edicts or life lessons, if you have the time, it's worth actually parsing through and teasing out um, the beauty within the law. So for example, let's say you come across um, the story in Exodus where the um, people of Israel are in the wilderness and they start complaining about the manna and the provisions that God has given them. We can point to how this conflicts with um, the Tenth Commandment. We can talk about how um, their discontentment is shows a lack of gratitude. But if we do delve deeper, we can also reflect on how God has been faithful to them and how oftentimes God provides in ways that we're not grateful for or we don't um, appreciate. But if we reflect on it, actually God has been faithful and actually God has looked out for us, even if it's not necessarily the form in which we ourselves would have preferred. 
And in fact, we can then reflect on how we often prefer certain kinds of forms of gifts and how if we don't get specifically what we want, our attitude quickly shifts a corrosion of faith um, in the God who provides. We can further reflect on how this seems to naturally lead to comparing God to other gods, to idols that we have in our lives that seem to provide in forms to us ways in which we prefer uh, certain things that we want um, and how those desires are ultimately unsustainable and unhealthy for us compared to the faithfulness that God gives, even though it's not necessarily what we immediately think is wise for us. And I'm thinking too here about how God doesn't ask us to just shut up and take whatever we're given and um, never question our circumstances, never want for something more, but to be in dialogue with him and to pray to him and to maintain that relationship with him, even while we ourselves might be, you know, squirrely, searching, tempted, that in fact, God does hear their concerns and provides them with a solution, albeit one that itself, you know, comes with a warning. And so in a, he's always looking out for us and that the way he provides things for us meets our needs while at the same time not hurting us in the long term. Again, this doesn't mean that every time you come across a passage in the Bible that it has to be a long drawn out, you know, uh, exegesis and sermon and homily, but it is an occasion to bring your kids into having a discussion and having a reflection about what are some of the deeper issues here underneath um, this object lesson underneath the surface law that's there, what are some things that it tells us about God, his love, and our disobedience, our weaknesses, our failings? I'm also recalling what I was like back then and how it felt to be reading that book back then and what God was teaching me then versus what God is teaching me nowadays. Yeah. It's really interesting. Tom, do you, I, we've been kind of talking about, you know, just that it's good to read the Bible, mm. but is there a particular I guess, schedule or plan or a method to the reading? Like, are you just, oh, <laughs> I remember in college or maybe I was in high school, it was the God will tell me what he yeah. wants me to read <laughs> by I'll open my Bible yeah. and wherever it opens yeah. to, the Lord wants me to read it, right? Yeah. That kind of plan versus, is it you know, do you have a methodical approach where you're reading Old Testament and you're just going to march through it that way? Or I know for many people, because... If you do that, get through the whole Bible, but 
by the time you get the end, you don't really remember the beginning because mm. it's been a long time. So I know there's a lot of plans, or some people do a little bit from both. Mm-hmm. So at each reading, they're reading a little bit from the Old Testament, a little bit from the New, so they get a variety. Plus, I think it helps with like even linking the Bible so that you're you see that it is part of one story when yeah. you're able to see from the two perspectives. But yeah, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think there's a universal answer to that. I know people who my my wife actually follows a daily reading plan where you you get to go through the entire Bible in a year and and I don't think yeah, she's pretty good about like I said, she's an upholder. So she's pretty good about just following that and and sticking to that schedule and uh-huh. and that kind of works for her. That's actually difficult for me. Mm. I found that I'm never really satisfied with what I read if it's in fragments. Yeah. That I need to kind of I'm a big picture kind of guy okay. and I kind of need to know the overall arc of something. Yeah. So speaking to last week's recommendation, Mm -hmm. I often find that it's better for me if I focus on one book or one section of a book Mm -hmm. and just read it over and over again. So I'll actually so I'll actually take a book and spend anywhere from a week to a month Uh on it and just sort of read through it time and again, looking each time so, like, the first couple of times, I'll be just getting an overall sense of the book and just trying to read through mm-hmm. as much as I can and get a big picture idea of the book. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read it more carefully, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, to get a sense of how all the parts sort of fit together mm-hmm. and squeeze a little bit more meaning out of it. Right. Sort of like, you know, Mortimer Adler would recommend. Yeah. But, and that's... And that's often guided by what the church is doing at the time. Mm. So Pastor Paul is kind of going through Titus. I'm reading through Titus as part of my devotions in the men's Bible study. The church is going through Genesis. That's also part of, you know, Mm. what I read. Right now, I'm teaching a class on complementarianism. So I'm revisiting some key chapters in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians Mm. and, and 1 Timothy and Genesis, of course. So I'm often guided by you know, what's kind of happening in other parts of my life. The chapter I do a day reading with the kids, we alternate, we go through an entire book, but we alternate Old Testament book, New Testament book. Mm. So last month, I think we were in, we had finished, I want to say either Galatians or Ephesians. And right now we're working our way through Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so alternate Old Testament, New Mm. Testament, I kind of try to focus on just one book at a time. Yeah. And there are certain books that you can just benefit reading little bits of every day. Yeah. The Psalms, of mm. course. Proverbs. Proverbs, excellent, mm. right? I, that was one thing that I recommended when I taught the, the Proverbs class. Mm-hmm. I, I did that for a while, and then I kind of dropped off, and maybe I should return to it because I need more wisdom in my, in my <laughs> life. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess kind of going back to what we were saying before, too, is just sometimes it might just be a personality thing, right? Yeah. Like some people like to jump around. Maybe you don't have that much of a an attention span, and so you just need a little bit of different... Sometimes it's good to just go back to an old favorite. Yeah. Like if there's a book that you read a ton of times, yeah. just because 
it's been so encouraging to you in mm. the past or so edifying to you. Right. There's nothing wrong with, right. with reading, you know, Galatians for the 50th time. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And you, you'll always get something out of it. Yeah. Right? It's not like, you know, it's what's interesting with other books is once you're done, you're kind of done. You don't really need to read them again. And... You know, that's why people buy books and then sell them and get rid of them, trade them, do whatever, because they're like, well, I've read it. I kind of know the story. It's not going to surprise me if I yeah. read it again. Yeah. But the Bible is not like that, yeah. where, yes, the Bible is a story and there's you can read about it, but it's every time you go back to it, there's something new or something yeah. that you didn't know before or as you're maturing and you're understanding aspects of the bible better mm -hmm. like you read it again you're like oh my goodness why have i never yeah you know understood this part of the bible yeah. or under so there's so much to read so like you said you can read the same book over and over again and keep getting new nuggets yeah. from it so yeah I, I agree you can you can read that same thing over and over again. I remember when I first heard about covenant theology mm -hmm. and I first kind of learned about it and, and started to get a, a feel for it that I just wanted to go back and read through the Bible again mm. because I was like, oh, this changes everything. Yeah. Right? This I can see everything through a whole new lens if I think if I see it through this way. Yeah. And literally the whole Bible became new again for me. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, when you first hear about the redemptive historical arc yeah. right you're like oh wow you know these other things that that had been so mystifying to me before now they have a place in my mind right you yeah. know i would say oftentimes a good place to start for a book that is if you wanted to challenge yourself that's a great idea to go to a book that you're like you know what i don't think i've ever read that book before right yeah or you know, maybe I read it and I never really understood it, mm -hmm. and it just seemed really strange to me. Yeah, go to like something like a Project Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, watch one of their YouTube videos, yeah. or you know, find a good commentary or something. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 okay to read a commentary, but I you know, again, commentaries don't substitute for right. the word itself. You have to. It's all nice and well to hear somebody explain something to you, mm -hmm. but the. There's something about the raw power of the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I remember, I think this was in college, I would talk to one of my friends, and they would always reference other books. and mm. like They were Christian books, yeah. or they would be commentaries or something. Yeah. But they would never reference the Bible itself. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why don't you just reference the Bible? It has a lot of stuff that's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, but it's just, uh, if you... If you're reading the Bible a lot, it just comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, again, that's that's one of the benefits of having this particular spiritual discipline of reading the Bible every day. The Bible is fresh in your mind. Mm -hmm. I know, you know Avery told me one day, she was like, you know, I've been, you know, listening and reading and doing all these things. And she was saying, yeah, when I, was, when I would talk to people about the Bible mm -hmm. or if they ask me about something, my brain is there. Mm. Like I can recall reading something in the Bible mm. and bring that up in conversation. Yeah. It's fresh. And so that's, again, that's one of the benefits of being in God's word all the time. It's there and you recall it and you're able to reference it and you're able to encourage and you're able to sometimes rebuke because you know the Bible in and out and you're able to pull from it. Yeah. And I think that's greatly beneficial. And again, like this kind of plays into what we're talking about depending upon how you are reading certain things. If you read only the same thing over and over again, 
like you said, maybe you should read something you haven't read. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my tendency. If I'm going to read, I'll try to read a book that I am not as familiar with mm. or that is not heavily covered in churches or in studies because, again, like I can read all these other things, but huh, this is interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. And that also helps me to continue going because it's mm-hmm. new or it's something that's more intriguing to me because I haven't studied it and ends up being... It's usually one of the minor prophets, right? We don't really go through the minor prophets much. And so it's just, you know, any way that gets you to read the Bible, right? I think that's, that's the whole point, to read. On March 11th will be a children's ministry event to Sky Zone. If you're interested in attending, just fill out the form that's on the newsletter or just contact me at mark at newcityva.org and let me know I'll be purchasing group tickets. So the cutoff for that is at the end of the month. So like February, I think February 24th. And then the last announcement is VBS. We have a save a date, which will be July 24th Hmm. through the 28th. And so we're, we're working on this year's summer VBS. So if you're interested in it, just mark it on your calendar and we'll have more details to come. You know, what's funny is that I, I, you know, I mentioned that the kids and I right now we're going through the book of Jeremiah mm-hmm. and I've read it several times, but the first time where it really struck me like a thunderbolt mm-hmm. was when I was a junior in high school. And I would say that was kind of a seminal moment for me. That was kind of a moment where I felt like I had a definite turning towards God from reading the book of Jeremiah Mm. that that book really convicted me of my sin and really convicted me of God's desire for justice and God's tender heart towards his elect and reading it now is is so interesting because I'm reading the book And I'm getting stuff out of what God says in that book. But I'm also sort of recalling, this is an old man thing to say, but I'm also (laughs) recalling what I was like back then Mm -hmm. and how it felt to be reading that book back then Mm -hmm. and what God was teaching me then versus what God is teaching me nowadays. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. When you're younger and you read it and you, you know, you... You see how God, as a father, loves his children. Yeah. And, you know, as a child, you, you can think about it as, mm. oh, yeah, like, it's like my dad or not like my dad. But you don't really understand what it's like to love a child. And so, you know, the whole story of Abraham and Isaac, yeah. it may not hit at home or the fact that God would send his son to die. I'm like, that's great. Or, yeah, that sounds kind of sad but not really knowing what that's like. And then once you've had a child and yeah. you're like, I could never do that. Or even like in, like in Jeremiah, if you've, if you're, you know, 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. you don't know what it's like to have been betrayed. Right. You don't know what it's like to have been jilted. Mm-hmm. And, 
But then after a little bit of life experience, all that hits differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, again, it's, that's what's so great about reading. And I, as we're talking about it, it just makes me excited about reading the Bible because there's just so much there that yeah. you can, you learn from and you grow from and it matures you. And yeah, it just, I think, again, one of the great things that you, you said was just even when you learn different doctrines and then you're able to see how that's woven throughout the Bible mm-hmm. or, you know, as I'm teaching when I, right now we're going through the confessions, but when we did going through the Bible in a year and the whole point was, Hey, this is a one big story from mm. beginning to end. Yeah. They're connected. They're not separate little stories and you just move on yeah. and you're able to kind of tie those themes in, you know, like the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent mm. serpent that's established in Genesis mm. And when you tell all the stories and you can be like, this is the seed of the serpent. Mm -hmm. This is the seed of the woman. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, you see this one thread that just kind of goes throughout. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or even when God makes these promises in the Bible, and if you meticulously keep track of them, and if you have a Bible commentary at hand, and you're able to study, and you can actually see throughout history how he's, actually carrying these things out yeah like in you know again in a lot of the minor prophets when he's talking to these groups of people Mm. and you're like who are these people Mm. why you know like you don't really know who they are they're just saying you know cursed be this nation because they rose up against israel did not help them or something and you just kind of read it and then if you actually look again historically who are these people who did they become later on in like the new testament and like how God would keep those promises. Yeah. 20 books later. Yeah. Like it's when Pastor David mentioned that whole deal with Zebulun and Naphtali. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like. (gasps) Yeah. 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 And it's just those kind of things. And you don't really, you don't get that unless you're reading the Bible. Mm. And again, not just zoning out and just reading words and then closing the book because you've done it. Again, going back, if that's all you can do at this moment in time, I think that's still great. You're still reading. But there's, again, like there's so much benefit when you're able to just sit down and read it and actually try to get things out. This is kind of what I wanted to to say as my recommendation Mm. was, you know, just have a piece of paper, Mm. a notepad, Mm. maybe your phone, even like you said, like a notes and just write something down either while you're reading or after you've read, but some way where you're able to digest what you read. And it doesn't have to be super profound. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be an essay that you wrote, just anything. So even if it's you read something, this confused me, Mm. just writing that down Mm. or saying, well, you know, you've just read through numbers and they're going through the armies and they're doing this and just writing. Why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. Because later on, they might you will learn like why they were doing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can look back on those notes and say, oh, and like, so it's just anything that gets your brain to like latch on to that yeah that verse or that chapter or that passage whatever you're doing as you're reading make it personal um 
Yeah. And so that you're invested in it. Yeah. And again, it's just any thought. It Again, it's some... Because I used to do like a daily journal mm-hmm. where every time I read, I would write. And then some some passages, you, you can write almost a whole page. Mm. Some passages, when I would go back and read them, there was only a couple lines and mm. that was it. I was mm. like, I didn't really get that much out of this. But just anything to get you to start thinking and also, like you said, get you to look back yeah. on those notes mm. and look through them and see if as you're reading through the Bible, those answers become clearer. Mm. Or if they haven't, maybe you haven't gotten to that section yet. Or, But I think that's a great way of piquing your interest too. Mm. Because it's like that book that you can't put down mm. because you're like, oh my goodness, it's so good. And is it, maybe it's this action or maybe you want to know what's going to happen next. Because there's so many stories in the Bible where you kind of know what already happened. You talk about David, like everyone knows what happened to David. But even when you read those little stories in between that aren't as popular Mm. and it becomes that much richer. Or, you know, I would always hear about, you know, David and Bathsheba. You hear about that story and how he committed this sin and he repented because of the, you know, prophet Nathan and turn back to the Lord. It's great. Mm. But when you know who Uriah is, mm-hmm. right? Because it talks about Uriah. You're like, oh, this random soldier mm-hmm. that David decides to betray and kill. Well, that's pretty messed up. And you kind of move on. But then if you recall who Uriah was back when David was younger yeah. and when back when David was fleeing from Saul mm. and you see who he was, and see who he was to David and who David was to him, then that story about Bathsheba becomes that much more horrific right. what he did. Right. And so it's even things like that. We're writing down little things and writing down names and seeing those names come up again. Yeah. I think that's, again, some way where you're able to connect and see the fullness of Scripture. And these stories, they're so rich. Mm-hmm. If you like any kind of storybook yeah like the bible has everything you can all the genres yeah spy (laughs) romance whatever you want it has there (laughs) get off chat gpt and read the bible (laughs) instead we pray our discussion was edifying to you and we'd love to hear any feedback mark's email is mark at newcityva.org Stephen Price provided the music, and you can find more of it at almadogma.bandcamp.com. That's A-L-M-A-D-O-G-M-A dot bandcamp.com. We're recording on equipment generously donated by Sonny Kim, and you can find out more about our church at newcityva.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, watch those windows. In the beginning, I would just do one take, just go, mm-hmm. and then I would mess up, and I couldn't edit because I didn't leave myself enough cushion, so I'd have to go back and record it again. So a 15-minute devotional turned into like hours of work. Yeah. <laughs> People don't realize that these 30-minute episodes that we that we have take five hours to record. 